Behind the Bite podcast is part of a network of podcasts that are good for the world. Check out podcasts like the Full of Shit podcast, After the First Marriage podcast, and Eating Recovery Academy over at practiceofthepractice.com backslash network. Welcome to Behind the Bite podcast. This podcast is about the real life struggles women face with food, body image, and weight. We're here to help heal, inspire, and create better, healthier lives. Welcome. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. Hey, the holidays are amongst us. And you know whether it's a stressful time for you or not, I did think that this would be a very good topic to have on the show. And I cannot wait to really discuss so many things about what the holidays may or may not bring for some of you who are listening. And I wanted to bring on a guest who I know is going to really help me delve much, much deeper into this and bring you guys some great information and some ways to navigate anything that might be coming up for you in the next few weeks uh, as the holidays. Look, we're here. We're in it. Um, And so with that, I don't want to hesitate anymore. I'm going to tell you who we have. We have Dr. Jen. She's back. Um, She has been specializing in working with women with eating issues for over the last 20 years. And she created the FAB program to empower women to break through these barriers and to live a joyful and meaningful life. All right, Uncle Jennifer, welcome back to the show. I'm really, really excited to have you on today. It's such a good time to talk about uh, holidays, family. I mean, uh, my gosh, we could probably talk for hours, but (laughs) (laughs) we could, couldn't we? We saw that last time. Well, it's great to be back. Thanks so much for having me back. So, um, Oh my goodness. I don't even know where to start. Um, I, you know, I was, you know, talking a little bit before and it, I really was thinking, my gosh, I'm so glad that I'm recovered from my eating disorder because I remember all too well, Mm. how very stressful holidays were. Um, And I know that, you know, so many things happen with the holidays. You see family, there's food, there's, Mm. you know, People don't know anything about eating disorders. They talk about food, they say things. And, you know, I know, you know, work with people still, and I know you do too. Like, it's a really stressful time. Um, what are you hearing? Are you hearing anything from the people you're working with right now? About oh, it? yes, I am. Right. So I was thinking, you know, that phrase they say, it's the most wonderful time of the year. And at the same time, it can be the most stressful time of the year, right? And as I think, especially when you're struggling with food and body issues, also sometimes substance issues, because so much of our holidays, they just focus so much around food. And and it can be, I think, really tricky when you're struggling with these eating issues. So, I am hearing my clients already thinking about, oh my gosh, and our next one coming up, at least for the US, is Thanksgiving. And uh, well, even today with Halloween and Halloween candy, that was in my sessions today. Like, I want to eat some Halloween candy. How much should I eat? <laughs> there was the should. Um, mm-hmm. I 
don't want to overdo it and how much is appropriate. And I don't want to have all this candy in my house. So, so that was a lot of the conversations today. And then some people already thinking, you know, a few weeks from now with Thanksgiving and how do I, how do I navigate that? Like, how do I take care of myself with this holiday? Um, And I think the other tricky thing with that, with the Thanksgiving holiday is sometimes you're also eating that meal at a time that maybe you're not normally eating your dinner or your lunch, right? Even that, even something like, how do I structure my meals that day? If my family is like all about eating Thanksgiving at three o'clock, like, how do I do that, Dr. Jen? So I think a lot comes up on this holiday. Right. So gosh, where do we start? Do we start with like, um, family issues? Maybe we just start there, right? Because you know, it's not for, not everybody's stressed out about that, but I know that that can be very triggering, especially if people haven't seen their family members in a long time. You know, a lot of body image issues can come up of, oh my gosh, like what if people make a comment about how my body has changed or how I look or, you know, especially if you have a family where that has been something that you know is really important, you know, how you look in appearance and weight and you know, they're going to talk about it. Um, you know, I, I know I work with patients. They're already talking about like, I don't want to go. I don't want to hear it. I know they're going to, I don't know what I'm going to do when I hear it. Um, what do you do? Right. What do you do? Because sometimes people don't know what to say, right? Like I think a classic one that I would often hear from clients is that when their family would say, you look so healthy, right? Because like they sometimes didn't know what to say. They didn't want to say the wrong thing, right? Maybe some family members that were trying to be more sensitive and they wanted to compliment you and they knew you had been going maybe through eating disorder treatment, but then the person struggling might hear that as, oh my goodness, what does that mean? Does that mean I've gained so much weight, right? Right? And, and when we haven't seen people for a long time, sometimes the first thing they do comment on is the way that we look, right? So something that I do find helpful in, in terms of preparing for this holiday is to start talking it out, like with your team, like, what are the fears? What are the concerns? So let's like, you brought a family, like, what are the things that you're concerned that people might say? And how would you respond to that in the moment? Mm -hmm. Right. So, you know, Aunt Betty may make a comment about your outfit or something. And like, how would you deal with that? So starting to practice earlier, I think can be really helpful for people. Um, I'm thinking about this one client in particular, and she knew like going home for the holidays was particularly stressful. So we would give her, um, like we would really create a plan for the holidays. And one of her big coping skills was she would be in charge of when she went home to walk her dogs because she knew, even though she lived in a very cold climate, she was like, I'm going to help with the dogs because it's also going to get me sort of out of that environment for a few minutes. And she would also walk her dogs with her husband. Mm -hmm. So we would have like, okay, your little strategy for taking moments away would be like, okay, walking the dogs is going to be like a major coping skill. And then you and your husband are going to talk about like, so how's it going? 
Like, so you have a time to kind of process. So that may not be somebody listening's coping skill, but I think it is good to start thinking like, okay, I'm going to have this family time that could be stressful and intense in moments. And like, how else can I take moments away from myself to kind of like ground myself and regroup and really take care of myself? And like, what am I going to do if comments are made? Like, how do I want to handle that or speak to that in a way that's going to feel the best for me? That's such great advice, you know, and I could <laughs> imagine somebody listening going, well, I don't have a treatment team. So how do I practice that? Mm-hmm. How do I prepare? I would say with a friend, like talk it out with a friend, right? I um, just went home for a period of time and, you know, dealing with some family stuff going on. And I was, I was talking to some very dear friends about like, okay, here are my concerns. You know, I have a family member going through some health things and I'm like, you know, how am I going to balance all of that? And, and would you check in with me? That was actually really one of my really good coping skills was like, will you just kind of be like, Hey, how are you doing? And just remind me like, okay, like, and now I have a place that I can talk it out. So if somebody doesn't have a therapist or a nutritionist or a treatment team, it might be talking it out with a close friend or a partner or, or find somebody. Like if you're like, gosh, I have no idea who I would talk to. Well, that might be an indication. It it might be time like to find those really good people that you really can share your heart with. Yeah, that's such great advice because, um, you know, even if somebody that maybe knows you're struggling isn't there physically with you, um, maybe talking to them beforehand and saying, you know, are you going to be available if I need to like, you know, go outside and take a walk or go in another room and just, you know, vent for a minute or get some support? Um, Mm -hmm. That might be really great. And I know you know, other people are going to be having their holidays too, but maybe just saying like, this might be really hard for me. Would you be willing to do that if I, you know, try to get in touch with you? Yeah. And sometimes it only takes, you know, a short little time to be like, okay, let, like, let me tell you, here's a place I can really speak my truth. So I'm not holding all these feelings in of how this is really going for me. So, you know, comments are one thing I'm imagining somebody's like okay what happens if I'm at the Thanksgiving uh table eating and you know people talk about food they make comments about certain things um you know what would you suggest in terms of like navigating you know all of that because that could really Mm -hmm. trigger Ed Ed talk up in the head right like Mm -hmm. thinking about like what's on your plate or what you're eating or comparing what you're eating to other people. Or, I mean, just we, again, we could go on and on about what might happen in somebody's head, but. Yeah. So people do make comments and especially on Thanksgiving, because it's almost like the idea that you're um, supposed to overeat. Like there is that kind of built in, right? Like, oh my gosh, I'm eating like way beyond my full point. And it's just sort of almost built into the holiday. And then you hear people make the comments of like what they're going to do the next day. So I think some of that is pretty, pretty typical, right? I I was also, um, I had some family come to visit me in Florida and I was, I 
surprised, but how many comments were made at one meal, mm-hmm. right? About, you know, what you're eating, what you're not eating, how you looked in the picture, which part of the body you were trying to, I mean, it was just like, well, like, and I, I just was really thinking, what would that be like if I was like really struggling with food and body and it would be really hard. So I think again, I'm keep saying like, kind of go in with your plan, your intention of what you're trying to, I want to say accomplish at the meal, but like, if you could set an intention and I would say like setting kind of two intentions, one, like setting an intention of how you're going to be with your food, right? So like thinking through, this is what I have clients do is like really think through the day. That's another piece. Sometimes people are restricting until they get to the Thanksgiving meal. And then you set yourself up sometimes for the overeating. So that doesn't work so well. So like I have people really think about, okay, so when's your Thanksgiving meal? Okay, now let's kind of work it, work it back, like backwards. So we're already like setting you up for success with your food. And then the other thing is like set an intention of like, how do you want to be at that meal with your friends or your family, right? Like, so what's going to have you be as present as you can? Like, what do you want to experience around around that table and like setting the intention. It may not totally go that way, you know? Um, But I think the more you can be like, how do I wanna be? I can't control the comments. I can't control how everybody else does their food or what they're gonna say. But like, where do I wanna stand? And being very clear in my my intention for for my holiday. So so going in with those like more of a clear idea and those set intentions are going to potentially have it go go better. And with that, would you suggest people really identify for themselves what specific comments and to trigger them? I would. Like what are the potential triggers? Because oftentimes we a lot of times we know what the triggers are, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I was actually working on this today with somebody who she has a family who they're like part of her family, they're big exercisers. So they, you know, love to exercise. And right now she is not able, like her medical doctor is saying like, right now you can't do that level of intensity. Mm-hmm. So she's already anticipating like, oh, I'm going to have such FOMO, like when I go home for Thanksgiving and you know, this part of my family is going to be doing all their like, you know, and I'm probably not going to be able to do that. So like, what other activities am I going to do that are going to really bring joy, but it may not be those things, right? So that's like a major potential trigger. We're already starting to think that through, right? Like think that through like, okay, so what else is going to bring happiness? What are other activities? besides physical movement, joyful movement that you can do. So I think it is helpful to like name the triggers, identify what those are, what are the potential feelings, and then like being able to talk through any of those potential triggers of like, okay, so what could you do if this came up? So like when, you know, some of the family is going to their exercise class, like, like, let's just talk that through and think that through. And like, we get to practice this now 
in this environment. So it, I think it increases the chances I'm saying of success, but, you know, to be able to navigate those bumps. Because I I think a lot, I don't know what you think about that, but I don't think people oftentimes know what their triggers are. Um, They haven't really sat back and thought about, oh gosh, when people make comments about like, gosh, I, you know, I've eaten so much, I got to go exercise tomorrow. Or I mean, they make it an offhanded comment, but I think when, you know, I'm just remembering back to my own eating disorder days, you know, I really was like, everybody is an eating disorder, see? And then it was like validating my own Ed talk in my head, like, yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm on the right track. Like I'm doing everything right. And Ed was like, see, you know, everybody's just like you, you know, and it just to identify those things, I think is important to just kind of normalize. Hey, look, people are going to make comments like this. They're going to comment on what other people are eating or you're eating or how much they're eating or go do things like exercise. I kind of know mm-hmm. that's just going to be the, the talk. And mm-hmm. that doesn't mean everybody is thinking about Ed the same way you are. <laughs> it doesn't mean they all have eating disorders or that you need to go do what they're going to do or that they're even going to do that. Right. I mean, it's kind of said in jest, I think a lot of times, but Mm -hmm. when you are struggling, it seems like really real. So I, I will say early on in my career, I used to think of, you know, eating disorders as like, okay, you know, you have this eating disorder, you don't have this eating disorder, but you know, now I think it's like, we're all much more on the spectrum. Right. Being in these bodies, dealing with her food, it is a never ending relationship. So even if somebody maybe doesn't have a DSM diagnosis eating disorder, it's like, whoa, people have there is so much disordered eating and so much negativity towards body and these comments. And I will say sometimes when, you know, as my clients are getting better and better, you know, with their relationship with food and body and feeling good about themselves and feeling more confident and feeling really good. And then they go out into the world. They're like, oh my gosh, like there is a lot of crazy stuff out there that people say, and that person may not really have an eating disorder, but they are sure doing things that are really not serving their highest good with their food and the comments they're making about their, their bodies. So sometimes my clients really find that they're then way ahead of like the game in some ways, right? So here's one strategy I also tell people is like, so say there is this talk about like the dieting, okay, now what we're going to do to compensate because we ate this big Thanksgiving meal is like, if you can change the subject. Yes. If you can, I know sometimes it's kind of like, you know, if people are talking about politics or whatever else, like uh, these other hot buttons that sometimes families just want to avoid, right? If you can, like that comment may not last too long and see if you can get the conversation on something that's like more nourishing, probably for everybody, because Like, does it really serve any of us when we're starting to hate on our bodies or talk about our, you know, oh, we have to diet or something? I mean, like, who is that good for or healthy for? I mean, nobody, right? Now, look, what I'm suggesting about changing the subject, that takes something. Mm -hmm. It does. Yeah. Right. It's really hard, especially if you're really like triggered and stressed out. But, you know, 
I often, you know, suggest if there's somebody you do trust that's there with you to let them know, hey, if this kind of talk comes up, could you try to switch the topic? Yeah. Oh, that's a great one. That's a really good one. And I also say, if you can, and you know, like the people that you feel more comfortable sitting with at the table, be kind of strategic around where you sit, right? right? Because you know, so-and-so may be like, okay, these comments are going to come. Like, if I'm at least like a little further away, it kind of provides a bit of a shield and a barrier. Um, and like you're saying, if they're with somebody that maybe can help them and have their back a little bit, like, hey, if you start hearing these comments, like, see if if we can kind of shift the conversation to be something that's going to be better for, you know, the person who might be triggered, but probably everybody at that table. Absolutely. And I guess if the family norm is to kind of talk about all, I mean, think about it, right? If you are struggling with an eating disorder, body image issues, mm-hmm. you know, this is probably the kind of talk you grew up listening to is probably kind of the norm of what people you grew up with discussed. So, you know, it's, it makes sense that this is something that is triggering, you know, this didn't come from nowhere. So, you know, going back in time, it's like, what, you know, not that the family's to blame for everything for an eating disorder, but you know, there's influence and there's, there's things that maybe you learned about food or food rules or how to eat or how to, all these things that like go back and there's, it can get very complicated if you really try to get into it with what are your family rules around food and eating and even cultural things. Right. So. Right. Right. And, and if, um, sort of thinking about some of my clients who've now really been working on themselves around food and body, but like their other family members have not gotten treatment. So they're, again, maybe at a very different point than the family that they've come from. And so they are now seeing, and it's almost highlighted some of these kinds of behaviors that they're like, huh, whoa, like I really never noticed that so-and-so was pretty restrictive. Like, huh, they're eating the Thanksgiving meal, but there are no carbs on that plate, (laughs) right? Like, oh, you know, so-and-so is doing this latest kind of diet or they're starting that tomorrow. So again, a tricky one. Um, Well, something I, I do say to my clients is like, try if you can to stay in your lane, right? Like meaning whatever anybody else is doing, it's like as much as possible, like you you know, you've been working on these food issues. Like you kind of know what's gonna serve you best in this situation. Now, again, I'm talking about somebody who's kind of really engaged in a recovery process and maybe working with a nutritionist and is more clear going into that Thanksgiving meal, like, what needs to be on my plate to really serve me the best? And then as much as possible, it's like, I'm just going to do what I know serves me the best. Right. I'm just, I'm imagining like, right. I'm this Italian family and I'm just imagining my grandmother, right? Like she's just love is food is love, right? Always pushing like the manja, right? Like there was no saying no to that woman if she put more yeah. food on their plate, right? It was like, that was the worst thing you could do. And I know that there's a lot of, families where that's the case like you know people want you to eat the food they make because it's special and maybe it's a special dish they only make at the holidays and that's really tough 
to set that boundary of like, oh my gosh, how do I not? Or especially if it's a food that you only get that time of the year that you really enjoy, that can, those two situations can be really tough. Really tough. And I think we discovered in our last podcast that we both have that, you know, Italian background and, and I relate to that. Like still, when I go home to Pennsylvania, the first question my mom asks is like, what do you want me to make you? Right. <laughs> like, like that, that, and, and I love that question, but like, that's like, you know, ex- exactly what you're saying. There's a lot of messages connected to taking in the food and what that means. Or like you're saying those, those special foods, like I'm a big pumpkin person. I will eat anything pumpkin, even things I don't normally eat, but like, if it has pumpkin, I am going to try it, right? Like at this time of the year. So so I think one thing I want to say is like, these are not easy situations and it's not going to go perfectly. I think that's the other thing. Like, yeah. don't set it up. Like it's going to go perfect. It's almost like, okay, like some things may not go as well as you would like. Okay, so now how do you pivot, right? How do you shift? Are there some coping skills that you can use to help you get through like a potential trigger, a potential comment, or, you know, maybe feeling like, oh, I don't really like how I did that meal this time. Okay. Like, what did I learn from that experience? Because absolutely, you're going to learn some things from, from that experience. Or how do I say no? Right. Actually, I just, had a session about this a, a couple days ago where it wasn't about a holiday, but it was like a dinner party. And, you know, the person had made all these appetizers and, and then the dinner and like, you know, my client was like, how am I going to eat all these appetizers? And then think I can go into the dinner and like really enjoy that dinner after like, it's all these appetizers. And then I felt bad saying no to the appetizers because, you know, this family member really wanted me to try all these appetizers. And I get to the dinner, I'm like, oh my gosh. Right. So it's like, oh, like, how do you practice? Like lovingly, no, thank you. Or I've had enough of this and it's, it's tricky. Right. So it is good to set it up as like, I'm practicing something. I'm going to do my best. I'm going to learn something from this. And, and then what I like to do is always do a debrief again, if somebody has a therapist, like to do a debrief about, well, how did it go? Right? Like, what did you learn? How did it go? How'd those coping skills go? Who did you reach out for support? How did you respond when so-and-so made this comment about, you know, a, their latest diet. So I think it can also be an opportunity to learn something and, you know, about ourselves and to go deeper within ourselves. And I love that you said that too, just knowing it's not going to go perfectly. And I think that self-compassion component of just saying like, look, I'm not perfect. This isn't going to go perfectly. I know this is potentially going to be very difficult or stressful for me. So just knowing that going in and saying, you know, Where's that self-care voice maybe like practicing that even beforehand? Like, okay, I'm going to be kind to myself. So, you know, how would you talk to somebody, you know, a friend who's saying like, oh my gosh, I'm hearing all these things that are really stressful. Would you continue beating yourself up and go, yeah, like, you know, saying mean, nasty things to yourself or yeah. your friend? No. I mean, what would you say to somebody that's like, oh my gosh, I'm so stressed out. This is really hard. 
what would you need to hear? Right, right. So that real positive, kind self-talk, trying to talk yourself through it. Um, I don't know why this pops into my mind when you were talking about like that. And I can remember one of my first Thanksgivings with my my partner and he's his him and his family are from a different culture. So they didn't celebrate Thanksgiving growing up. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, I, I went to the meal thinking, OK, well, they've now, you know, been here for a lot of years and we're celebrating Thanksgiving. And I was like, like none of the food was like kind of the food I I grew up with. Right. And, and of course, like our Thanksgiving was probably, you know, throwing some Italian food too, like throwing some good lasagna with your turkey. And like, so it probably wasn't even that traditional either, but I was like, where's the stuffing, right? And, and you know, um, oh, wait, you know, like I was looking at the list and there was like no stuffing. It's like, oh, I'll bring in the stuffing. Okay, great. Nobody's bringing, I'll bring the stuffing. Like nobody even ate my stuffing. Like they were like, no, we don't like stuffing. I'm like, oh, okay. And I just remember, I was like, whoa, this is okay. This isn't what I was expecting. And like, how do I, how do I kind of navigate that? Right. And, you know, now, now I'm more used to it, but I do remember like how much that, that shocked me. And, um, I don't know that just, that came up and like, it didn't all go perfectly. (laughs) Like it did not all go perfectly. And I was like, there was a part of me that was like kind of disappointed. I remember thinking like, oh, wow, like this is, this is really different. It's like, okay. And I'm sure like he comes to my Thanksgiving, it seems really different for him too. So, you know, again, what do we get to learn? What do we get to learn about other people? Because some people listening, they're not going to their families, they're going to somebody else's home. And um, geez, I remember going to somebody else's house and in their stuffing, they put oysters in their stuffing. So it was like fish with your stuffing. And I'm like, okay, this is, this does not really taste very appetizing. And this family love their oyster stuffing. I think it was a Southern thing. I'm like, oh, I don't even know what this is, right? Oh, so anyhow, I tried it and then tried to not eat the rest of it and hope nobody noticed that I wasn't eating their family's favorite oyster stuffing. So anyhow, just some humor. I guess it's good being light about it too, right? Like, can we bring a little playfulness into it so it's not so serious, so significant, but like there will be stuff that comes up. Yeah, that's, I mean, a good point I didn't even, uh, you know, think about is, right, you're, maybe you're not even going to your own family's Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. and that's a, that can bring up all sorts of other issues, like if right. you're with a new partner and feeling, you know, the stress of, oh my gosh, you know, I'm on, I'm going to be judged, or <laughs> I'm going to feel awkward not knowing these people, mm-hmm. or that's, a, you know, there's a lot of stressors that, um can come up for all sorts of situations. So really being able to have that, you know, those coping skills and that self-care voice in place. Yeah. Um, but, you know, something that comes to mind as we're talking is, you know, I know there's a number of people too that for the holidays, they don't have anywhere to go. And so they're having a completely opposite kind of holiday from what we're talking about, which is mm. they're going to be alone. So, but, it, you know, as we're talking and something did come to mind is other people are going to have a completely different holiday and they're probably thinking, listening to us like, well, I'm not going to go anywhere. I have nobody to spend the holidays mm-hmm. with. Like, what do I do with that? Like, Because that's a whole nother stressor. Yep. I've had that experience. Mm-hmm. 
I remember, I remember thinking, oh, it's no big deal. I remember I was like down in Miami and I'm like, ah, I'm just going to take myself to the spa. Like I had this whole great day, but I will tell you that was like, that was not, the spa was great, but that was not an easy Thanksgiving. <laughs> I remember that. I was like, whoa, like that hit me like a ton of bricks. I remember that. So, and I'm working with somebody who, you know, she's choosing not to be with her family for Thanksgiving and she's at school. And I said, look, do not be by yourself because I think it's going to be very triggering being alone. So look, if somebody's listening and they really have like no options and they are going to be by themselves, then you want to create the most nourishing possible day that you can create. Right. So, um, volunteering, that's a great thing because really like being with people and making a difference and contributing and Thanksgiving, there tend to be a lot of ways to give on Thanksgiving. So that could be something it could be, you know, doing something else beautiful out in nature or taking yourself to the spa. Like I did that one year. If you're, you know, really going to be by yourself, if you have the option to not be by yourself, I always tell people like, or maybe it's some of both, some time by yourself, but then having some people time, especially on the Thanksgiving holiday. And it may be stretching yourself, right? Like this uh, one person who I'm working with and is really looking at like, what would I do? And I'm like, well, I have a feeling you're going to have some invites. So now the question is, can you say yes to one of those invites and stretch yourself to be with somebody else's family and different food and different customs and like whatever they tend to do uh, for Thanksgiving. So that's something right now I'm really working with, particularly with one person. So I think there are ways to make it nourishing, even if it is something very different for you, but I would like put together some kind of plan and not just necessarily wing it. No, that's, Great. You know, I'm just wondering too, you know, how many people did spend the holidays by themselves during the pandemic too? Um, yeah. And, you know, if you, if you did, what did you do during those times? Um, that's a great, that's a great way to think of it. And some people found relief with that, mm-hmm. right? Like, oh, thank goodness. I don't have to da, 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 da. Right. I heard that as well. Some people found a lot of relief, like, oh, I have a really good excuse. Why not to go somewhere for the holiday? And I just get to do it, you know, maybe with fewer people and on my terms. So for some people, it's like, you know, it's like a flip and like, oh, this is actually really good. It took it down several notches. But then, like you're saying, for some people, it's like they didn't get to do their traveling or the things that they love to do. So so maybe that really is the question. It's like, how do you make this holiday as nourishing as it can be for you? And sometimes it's also like the amount of time. That's That's something I say to people too. It's like, you know, you want to be maybe with your family or friends for a period of time. And it's like, what's that sweet spot for you? Is it like, okay, we're going to, you know, I'm going to do the meal and, or go early and prepare for the meal or, you know, how long, how long is it going to be good for me? And when did it like, okay, now it's no longer good. So I think that's another thing to think through. It's like, you don't have to be somewhere the entire day maybe it's just a period of time 
and that that ends up feeling really nourishing. And then other time for yourself to do something else that you want to do for the holiday. Yeah, I love that because, you know, what I hear you saying is not people pleasing and Mm. taking care of what everyone else is expecting of you or what you think everyone is expecting of you and really sitting back and saying, what do I need? Mm. What do I want this holiday to look like for me? What would help me feel the best? Yeah. And that's not always easy to use your voice, especially at the holidays, especially with like, you know, people we care about, we don't want to disappoint, we don't want to cause waves. But it's like, are we also in our own equation is like keeping ourselves a priority, taking care of ourselves. And like, I think there is a way to create the win-win, right? It's like, so what really is going to be a win for for us? Like what's really going to be in our best self-interest? So maybe it's, you know, people listening today is taking some time to really reflect on that. Like, what does that look like? What does that mean for you this particular holiday? And even if you've always done it a certain way in the past, like maybe this is an opportunity to just like create a new holiday for yourself. Wise, wise words. (laughs) Well, I mean, like I said, we we could go through all the different scenarios with holidays, but I think you gave some really, you know, helpful information and you know, ideas for people as they start navigating, you know, Thanksgiving and, you know, the other holidays that are coming up um, in the next few weeks. Um, So again, you know, I know you've been on here before, but if people do want to work with you or, you know, find some information that you have out there, which is awesome information, how can they do that? Uh, Thanks so much for asking. So we are the FAB team. So I'm the founder of the Food and Body Program, and it stands for FAB. And we have this really, it's like the dream team, just very holistic and therapy, nutrition. We have a really cool holistic practitioner groups. It's just really an amazing amazing group of people. So people can check us out on our website, which is fabprogram.com. And there is this little mini assessment that asks questions about food and body and emotions. And literally it takes two minutes and people can complete the self-assessment quiz. And if they want to speak further to me, they can set up their complimentary consult. And I'd be happy to talk about anything that came up uh, today on the show. And then if they want to talk more about options for their care, I'm happy to talk that out with them too. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, happy holidays to you as well. I know they're coming up, so I hope you enjoy them and uh, do all the things you talked about with self-care and, you know, enjoying yourself. So, um, as, a, as always, it's a pleasure to have you on here. Really appreciate your time. Thank you. This podcast is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information in regards to the subject matter covered. It is given with the understanding that neither the host, the publisher, or the guests are rendering legal, accounting, clinical, or any other professional information. If you want a professional, you should find one.